A quick note before this week's episode, just to let you know that Unexplained will break for two weeks for the upcoming holiday season and be back in the new year with a new episode on Friday, January 7th. Welcome to Unexplained Extra with me, Richard McLean Smith where for the weeks in between episodes we look at stories and ideas that for one reason or other didn't make it into the previous show. In our last episode, Under the Rocks and Stones, we took a trip to the island of Guernsey, which was seemingly beset by a series of strange events in the early 20th century. The spate of violent attacks which peaked with the brutal and unexplained murder of one local resident was thought by some to be linked to the excavation of a prehistoric gravesite located in the north of the island. Though we can never know for sure if vengeful spirits, or even just the thought of such a thing, were truly to blame for some of the peculiar events, the confutation of causation, an action that directly causes a subsequent outcome, and correlation, when two events or actions are related but not dependent on one another, has long been a bugbear for those in the scientific community. Never is this more pronounced than during times of a potential public health crisis of unknown origin. It is often said by medical professionals that medicine is not an exact science. Despite the incredible wealth of knowledge we have, as many of us perhaps know better than ever before thanks to the current COVID-19 pandemic, Trying to identify what may or may not be a symptom of a specific illness is never a simple task. And sometimes, despite our best efforts, we might never reach a satisfying answer. For 65-year-old Roger Ellis of Bathurst in New Brunswick, Canada, it began in 2019 with a funny turn. Fearing that he was having a heart attack, Roger's family rushed him to hospital, where doctors struggled to determine the cause of his malaise. A few days later, he suffered a seizure. Over the next three months, Ellis's condition deteriorated rapidly. He became unsteady on his feet and easily disorientated. Soon his mental faculties began to diminish, and he developed repetitive speech. He lost 60 pounds, became dependent on a wheelchair, and was forced to take food through a tube. Naturally terrified about what Roger was going through, his family could only stand by and watch as his condition worsened, and doctors steadily exhausted all possibilities of what it might be. At one point, the neurodegenerative disorder Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, or CJD, seemed a distinct possibility, until that was ruled out. A diagnosis of autoimmune encephalitis was also later dismissed. Doctors finally settled on progressive supranuclear palsy, another neurodegenerative disease. That was until Roger stabilised for a short period in 2020, something that isn't thought possible under that particular condition. For Roger and his family, the nightmare of not knowing what was happening and what, if anything, could be done about it seemed likely to have no end until whatever it was 
claimed Roger's life. Then, one morning in March 2021, Roger's son Steve came across an interesting article regarding a leaked memo that had been sent from New Brunswick's Deputy Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Kristin Mewkey. The memo had been sent on March 5th to most of the province's doctors, nurses and pharmacists, alerting them to an as-yet unidentified neurological syndrome that appeared to be flourishing in the province. As the troubling memo went on to detail, the first case of the apparent syndrome was identified in 2015. 11 cases were found in 2019, with a further 14 the following year, and another four more in 2021. By March of that year, there were said to be 43 cases in total, and five patients had already died from the supposed disease. The cases seemed to cluster around the town of Moncton, in southeast New Brunswick, and the Acadienne Peninsula in the northeast of the province. And although the median age of those affected was 59 years old, the age of those seemingly suffering from it ranged widely from 18 to 86. In a subsequent press conference, New Brunswick's chief medical officer, Dr. Jennifer Russell, identified the symptoms as rapidly progressing dementia unexplained significant weight loss, a tightening of the muscles, sudden attacks of uncoordination, and muscle atrophy. Almost exactly what Roger Ellis had been suffering. Like Roger's son Steve, the people of New Brunswick, already in the midst of the worst global pandemic in living memory, were stunned by the news, and not unreasonably, a little scared about what exactly was going on. As the public and politicians demanded answers, a medical task force was quickly assembled to investigate, led by neurologist Dr. Alier Marrero of the DeMont University Hospital Centre in Moncton, who'd first raised the alarm about the issue. Back in 2015, Marrero was visited by a patient who was suffering a strange series of symptoms from anxiety, muscle aches and terrifying hallucinations to what appeared to be the rapid onset of dementia. Over the next few years, more and more patients presented to him with the same strange mix of symptoms, each potentially understandable in their own right, but unusual collectively. After ordering blood tests, Spinal taps, MRI scans and electroencephalograms, Dr. Marrero identified that all were suffering genuine neurological dysfunction as well as a degree of brain atrophy, but there was nothing obvious to suggest a specific disease. Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease appeared to be the most likely cause, but all tests for that came back negative. After consulting colleagues and all the medical texts he could find, Marrero was completely stumped. The only logical conclusion, he reasoned, was that he was dealing with something completely new. Without knowing more, he gave it the suitably vague name of Neurological Syndrome of Unknown Etiology in New Brunswick and swiftly got to work on trying to decipher it.
With the cases appearing to cluster around two specific locations, Dr. Marrero began to wonder if the illness was environmental, with the terrifying implication that something in the food, air or water being breathed or ingested by the people of New Brunswick was the cause. Marrero and his team consulted all manner of experts from neurologists and environmental health specialists to epidemiologists and experts in toxicology, but no one had an answer. Others, however, were sceptical that there was a new disease at all. A key problem, as remarked on at the time by Valerie Sim, a researcher of neurodegenerative disease at the University of Alberta, was just how little we know about neurodegenerative disease in general, and indeed the brain. As Sim noted, many of the symptoms described by Dr. Marrero could be applicable to sufferers of brain tumours or dementia, for example, but there was simply not enough evidence to draw any definitive conclusions. In reality, when it comes to diagnosing a neurodegenerative disease, it is rarely a cut-and-dry case. Often it is only after a patient has been observed for a significant period of time that symptoms can be seen to coalesce into something that might point to a specific diagnosis. As Sim also said, we see odd neurological syndromes from time to time. Sometimes we figure them out, sometimes we don't. By the end of April, however, another four cases of the mysterious illness had apparently been identified, taking the grand total to 47. And with more cases being identified, the list of apparent symptoms also grew. Intriguingly, some who claimed to be suffering from physical muscle aches appeared to be feeling the pain not directly from the limb, but only in the mind. Many patients also reported severe insomnia, sometimes being unable to sleep for days, while others would sleep so deeply it was almost impossible to wake them. Some began to hear phantom noises and voices, while others reported the sensation of insects crawling under their skin or seeing terrifying visions of the dead. Some also reported prolonged periods of akinetic mutism, leaving them unable to speak. Though some balked at the idea that the illness could be environmental, there was certainly some precedent for the possibility. Back in the 1940s in Guam, in the Western Pacific, islanders began presenting themselves to US military doctors who were stationed there during the Second World War with symptoms eerily similar to those being seen in New Brunswick. Doctors then believed the patients whose symptoms ranged from muscle wasting and shaking to memory loss, were suffering from something similar to Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. It was later suggested that the illness could be linked to a toxin called beta-methylamino-L-alanine that can be found in cyanobacteria or blue-green algae, which was being consumed by many of the island's Chamorro people having somehow got into their regular diet. Additionally, back in 1987, over a hundred people in Canada 
was struck down by a sudden and inexplicable illness which claimed the lives of three people. The problem was eventually found to be caused by demoic acid, a toxin dangerous to humans as well as sea lions, otters and cetaceans that is also found in algae, a harvest of mussels from Prince Edward Island that had fed on the algae were later identified as the carriers of the toxin that can cause everything from nausea to seizures and ultimately death if not treated quickly enough. This previously unidentified illness was given the name amnesic shellfish poisoning. Dr. Alia Marrero and his team looked into both possibilities, but neither appeared to quite fit. As the experts struggled to identify the cause of the mystery illness, conspiracy theories predictably blossomed in the absence of concrete answers, with cell phone towers and the COVID-19 vaccine among the most prominent theories. As yet another case was identified in June 2021, the public became increasingly impatient over what they perceived to be a lack of transparency from New Brunswick's public health team on what exactly was being done to tackle the problem. By the end of the summer of 2021, however, something had shifted in the government's response. Dr. Marrero and his team were slowly sidelined from the investigation. A separate team were then brought in to take a closer look at the patients who Marrero had previously identified as suffering from the so-called Neurological Syndrome of Unknown Etiology in New Brunswick. Then in October, they announced their findings. In a report released by Public Health New Brunswick, presented by Health Minister Dorothy Shepherd, it was claimed that what was by then the eight deaths which had previously been blamed on the mysterious illness, had in fact been the result of known and unrelated pathologies. It was also said that there was no evidence to suggest the apparent illness was the effect of exposure to any particular food or environment. The announcement seemed to suggest that the government of New Brunswick were trying to distance themselves from the idea that there was a specific mystery illness at all, Three months later, however, in January 2022, an employee of the Vitalité Health Network, one of only two health authorities operating in New Brunswick, came forward to warn the public that the illness was very real and that worryingly it was affecting a growing number of young adults. The anonymous whistleblower claimed that a number of young adults with no prior health issues were being suddenly struck down with the loss of mobility, insomnia and hallucinations amongst other ailments, all of which seem to suggest that environmental factors were a likely cause, since it's uncommon for the young to be affected by neurological diseases. The claims led some to believe that some kind of cover-up was underway, since one recent study had revealed high concentrations of the toxin beta-methylamino-L-alanine in New Brunswick lobster, a produce that is considered vital to the local economy.
in February 2022, it was announced by New Brunswick's Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Jennifer Russell, that the new oversight committee, installed in addition to Dr. Marrero's team, after reviewing the records of 48 patients, had unanimously agreed that those 48 people, 46 of which had been identified by Dr. Marrero as suffering from the apparently mysterious disease, should never have been identified as having a neurological syndrome of unknown cause, and that, based on the evidence reviewed, no such syndrome existed. Potential alternative diagnoses, they said, had been found for at least 41 of the 48 patients, including cancer, Alzheimer's, post-concussion syndrome, and Lewy body dementia. Dr. Russell acknowledged shortcomings in the way the government had handled the situation, stating that Dr. Marrero's initial theories about the situation should have been assessed by a second specialist before any serious concerns were raised. In future, any similar claims would be reviewed in such a way, and if the two specialists disagreed in their assessment, the case would then be reviewed by a board of professionals before any public announcement would be made. Many patients included in the apparent cluster and their families still await a clear diagnosis of their condition. Meanwhile, Dr. Allier Marrero continues to stand by his theory. If you enjoy Unexplained and would like to help support us, you can now do so via Patreon. To receive access to ad-free episodes, just go to patreon.com forward slash unexplained pod to sign up. Unexplained the book and audiobook, featuring 10 stories that have never before been covered on the show, is now available to buy worldwide. You can purchase through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Waterstones, among other bookstores. All elements of Unexplained, including the show's music, are produced by me, Richard McLean-Smith. Please subscribe and rate the show wherever you listen to podcasts, and feel free to get in touch with any thoughts or ideas regarding the stories you've heard on the show. Perhaps you have an explanation of your own you'd like to share. You can reach us online at unexplainedpodcast.com or Twitter at unexplainedpod and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash unexplainedpodcast.